Happy Tuesday. Great to be back. Just to let you know that today's going to be a Cambridge 105 episode, which is part of my You Are What You Eat series with a local radio station um, and a local DJ called Alex Elbro. Before I go into that, though, I just want to share the news. So earlier today, I was very excited to make my live show with the Keto Dudes. So Carey, Richard and Carl all came on to UK Low Carb. Um, and we actually broadcasted that through different Facebook groups, their Facebook group, ours, uh, through the page as well. Um, I know a lot of you as listeners did get in touch with your comments. So I tried to share as many as I could. Uh, thank you so much for being part of that show. It's really special. Um, that will be coming out on Friday. So if you wait until this Friday coming up, then that will be the show uh, coming out of the Friday episode. Um, and then on Wednesday tomorrow, which is very exciting, um, we will be doing the live with Nina Teicholz at 7.30. So you can check that out on the UK Low Carb Facebook page, also the UK Low Carb uh, Facebook group and the Digitally Guilt Free chat group uh, where we'll be broadcasting that live. And you can put your comments, your your questions to her. I'm not really sure how many we'll get through because it's quite tight trying to record a show within an hour. Um, but you're more than welcome to be part of the show anyway and leave your comments and I'll share some of them at least. And I'll try and get some questions answered if I can. Um, and that'll be, like I say, 7.30 on Wednesday in different Facebook groups and also on the YouTube channel uh, where we're putting stuff up all the time. Anyway, like I said, though, this episode is going back to uh, a local radio station called Cambridge 105. And Alex said, would, you, would I be able to do a series? all about you are what you eat. Now, we started making this, I think it was like autumn last year now, um, and I didn't know how long it was going to go on for, but we've actually done you know every month pretty consistently, apart from a couple, uh, an episode. Um, and we've covered things like calories and what's fat and all this different stuff and the seven-country study, et cetera. Um, and she said, could you do aging? And I thought, well, actually, Graham Phillips came on the show and taught me a lot about aging. So I looked into some of the, the sources he told me, and I thought it was really fascinating. So I said, yep, I'll come on. And actually, you know what? Aging relates directly to you being you are what you eat. So uh, it was a good sort of uh, synergy there. So that's what I'm talking about in this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. And then on Friday's episode, you'll have the two, sorry, the keto dudes, not two keto dudes. The keto dudes will be coming back for their episode. Uh, and then the Nina Tyshops episode, you can either watch it live tomorrow at 7.30. If you wait a few weeks, it will then be coming out as a Friday episode as well. Okay, I think that's everything from me. Have a most marvellous week, and I'll see you all very soon. Bye for now. Live and local across the city and South Cambridgeshire. This is Alex Elbro. Cambridge 105 Radio. Continuing with our series, We Are What We Eat, Dan Grief is here. And today we're discussing something very dear to my heart ageing. Hi, Dan. How are you? Very well, Alex. It's great to be back on the show. I think we did we not talk in June. I think we've had a month or two since we had last did a show. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think time has flown by. And uh, yeah, I think various holidays and whatever else going on, I think uh, we, we weren't so successful. But we're back now. Yeah, we're back for more. Now, what hope can you give me about slowing down the ageing process by looking at what I eat? Yes, that's a great question, Alex. And in a series that's all about what we eat, you might say, well, actually, how does aging relate to that? But it directly does relate to it, which is one of those things that science is, is showing more and more. Um, and that's why I thought when you suggested aging, it seemed like a very natural topic of conversation for us to come towards. Um, I was going to reference two people here. Uh, Graham Phillips, who uh, is a pharmacist. He describes himself as a pharmacist who gave up drugs because he has learned throughout his whole career now 
that it's actually better to try and change lifestyle to make people better rather than use the medication that he was uh, giving out when people came in the prescriptions, etc. Uh, and so I've learned a lot from him. He's been on my podcast and taught me about this. And also a scientist I definitely recommend uh, checking out called Volta Longo, who's done lots of research into aging um, and what's happening in our bodies uh, and the different pathways inside the cells and how that's caused by different chemicals and, and what we can do to try and change those pathways. Uh, and it directly relates to aging. So there's a lot to go into. And in 10 minutes, I thought it'd be really good to sort of break this apart um, because and this is what I think is really, really amazing about nutrition science these days. I think in the past, there's been very much this view of, well, we are victims of time or we're victims of things happening to us. And I think that nutrition science is showing that actually we've got a lot more power than we thought before to make a change in our lives for the better. Or, of course, we've got also the, the power to make more damage to ourselves, which is what many of us do. And so with regards to aging, fasting is one of the things I was going to talk about today and how fasting has got a direct correlation to a healthier, longer life. Now, mm. if you look at like, for instance, our healthcare system, let's just go back to that as the first step. It seems to be that most healthcare systems around the world are patching up people's problems. And so, you know, we have cancers, we have uh, different diseases, modern diseases, like, you know, problems with like coronary heart disease, um, problems with type 2 diabetes, which were not around in the past. So we can definitely see that environment has definitely shaped things up. And our healthcare systems are struggling to try to patch people up. Now, if, for instance, you know, the healthcare system does manage to cure your cancer or whatever, do you know how much more extra life you tend to get on average from being cured of those diseases? I have no idea. Three years. <laughs> Oh, dear. Not long. No. So actually, the healthcare systems can only patch up the problems that are there. But this is what's exciting. Nutrition, of course, is the basis of a healthy lifestyle. And so what Volta Longo was sorry, saying uh, in, in his TED Talks and also in his book, I think it's really exciting, is that now we know that there are amino acids and sugar in the diet that starts off pathways, which makes this growth hormone happen inside the body. Now, most of us are eating continually. So we might be having three meals a day, plus the snacks, plus having, you know, potentially a, a sweet drink or sugar in our tea, et cetera. And that means this growth hormone is continually working. The cell replication is going on. And of course, aging really is, you know, a good place to start is what is aging. The cells are replicating themselves with faults, with flaws, which means that that gets put, like, you know, perpetuated and carries on and on and on and on. And what's been proven now is that if you stop those pathways, even a few times a year by fasting, which is a form of hormesis, this stress on our bodies, then actually your cells stop this growth, et cetera. And instead, the stem cells regenerate. And the stem cell regeneration means your body starts cleaning itself, starts building up the immune system, which makes you healthier anyway. But also this process called autophagy happens. And there's a lot of debate about autophagy, and I'm going to go into that. But best of my wife, who's doing a PhD at the moment in uh, in cancer, is doing a lot on autophagy and how the cells actually heal themselves. They get rid of the toxins inside them. They break those down, and they have a process of being able to get cleaner and healthier. And one of the best ways of doing that, it's not the only way, one of the best ways is by fasting from anything. It could be skipping a meal. It could be going maybe for 24-plus uh, hours fasting. But it just skipping a meal is a first step. Uh, to much longer fast as well. I was just going to ask about that because I've heard a lot. I mean, 
a few years ago now, the big thing was Michael Mosley and his 5-2 diet. And of course, that's sort of because it was on the television and it was on the BBC, I guess that got a lot of exposure. And that seemed like a, a good way to start into fasting. Would you agree with that? Now there's a 16-8 and there's all sorts of names get thrown out. And I guess what you're saying is they're all kind of the similar type of thing, that they're all good for you if you can just find the one that works for you. Yeah, I mean, it depends what you're starting from. So if you're somebody who, for instance, takes uh, insulin because, you know, you have diabetes, then I definitely would talk to a doctor about what's the safest way of doing that because you don't want to suddenly have your blood sugars crash and you're taking insulin, which is then pushing down the blood sugar further. So it depends where you're coming from. I'd say a first step for most people would be, you know, could you skip a meal? Um, now there is actually some research in America that says even skipping a meal for six hours without eating. And when I say without eating, it would be also be just drinking water and potentially having a little bit of salt with your water and that's it. Uh, but even six hours can have a benefit to the start of autophagy, but real decent autophagy starts off 24 hours. So if you can try that a few times a year, I mean, I've got into the habit now and I think I honestly believe you become your habits for good or ill. And I've got into the habit of pretty much doing a 24-hour fast every day without thinking about it because I'll eat maybe once a day and I'll have a, a, a really good meal with like, for instance, steak and <laughs> a salad or something. And I'm really waiting for that meal, really looking forward to it. But if I was eating, for instance, chips or bread, I know for a fact I'd be starving hungry a few hours later. Now, I think we might have talked about this before. When you're eating sugars, and of course, starch in those breads and potatoes become sugar in your blood, in your bloodstream, you get a big sugar spike, the insulin pushes it down, that then activates your hunger response. So if you're not eating the carbs and the sugar, you shouldn't feel as hungry. If you are, you're going to find fasting much, much harder. But if you just want to start somewhere, skip a meal and see how you feel. Uh, are you able to do that for a bit longer, maybe, than you were the day before? Yeah. And I was also thinking there, for you said about cutting out carbs or sugar, um, and Going back to, again, people not necessarily understanding that carbs, it's refined carbs, isn't it? More, more is it? Or would you say, because well, you get um, complex carbs in vegetables, don't you? So, all, yeah, all, all kind of like plants and things have carbohydrate in them. You're right. So I mean, we're OK. You know, it's not we're not going to do ourselves any harm by cutting out the other carbs. No, I mean, okay, say for instance, like some people go quite carnivore or completely carnivore. They don't eat vegetables at all. And I met some of those people who went to a conference in America and they were some of the most healthy people that I could see from the outside. I mean, I don't know their medical history, but they looked incredibly healthy to me. Some people, of course, like to just have green vegetables, which are, you know, certainly they're a carbohydrate, but it's very low carbohydrate yeah. compared to a starchy vegetable like a potato or a parsnip, which you can see is a lot more carbohydrate in it. But I think personally, what I try to do is avoid those like rice, potatoes, uh, wheat, for instance, like, you know, flour, that sort of thing. Now you could say, okay, refined carbs, the problem with those are that they get into your bloodstream much quicker because they're broken down for you. So your body doesn't have to break it down much at all. However, the fundamental principle is they're all made out of starch and starch becomes sugar. Now, some people can actually process starch better than others and deal with the sugar. I just know for me personally, I can't. And I'm just the sort of body type that can't do that. I'm very envious of those who can. Um, However, I would also say it's not about weight gaining necessarily. It's about general health, metabolic health. And somebody might look healthy, but it might not be. So I just think you need to sort of be aware of that and think, you know, coronary heart disease is certainly a modern illness, type 2 diabetes. A pillow looking maybe really thin might still have a massive problem with carbohydrate and it's causing this metabolic uh, syndrome, which is going to lead to other conditions in the future. You said about skipping a meal as a good way to start, because you was also saying that if you're eating lots of starchy foods and carbs, when you 
don't have, you know, you ha- have a gap, you then feel hungry again more quickly. So I guess you have to sort of wean yourself off as well and for eating some sort of good proteins. Yeah. So I think uh, if you really want to do this and enjoy it as well, and, and you know, I'm not talking about necessarily doing a keto diet or doing a low carb diet or anything, but I would say if you want to cut back on your sugar and everything, really enjoy the foods. This is a great thing about this way of life. You can actually enjoy the foods that you probably enjoy eating anyway. So for me, eating a lamb chop and saying that's a, a diet, which I don't think it is a lifestyle, is not a hardship. So I would make sure I'd really fill myself up on really lovely food, like real food as well, not processed stuff, but actually food that comes, you know, probably just an ingredient. It's just lamb. It's just broccoli. It's just what it is. Eating that and enjoying it rather than going for the processed foods, which are probably going to be more addictive. But I actually honestly think, and this is maybe a topic for another time, I really think that food addiction is actually a very serious problem with Mm. most people in different ways. And I think that quite often, the thought of giving up grains and stuff is so hard for people. They think they can't do it. But if I said to you, yeah, but you could use your legs one day, or your eyesight, or you could have these other types of illnesses, people still wouldn't give them up because they're like, well, that's in the future. I'll be old then. Who cares? But what yeah. I'm saying is maybe change the way you're eating now and fasting now to have a longer and healthier life so that when you get to old age, you can actually enjoy your old age and not be a disabled person, which none of us want to have. Yeah, I think... Um... I think what you're saying there, yeah, as uh, as someone that is getting into the you know, middle aged, uh, certainly now that uh, this thing didn't seem to be at all important to me when I was younger, because like you say, it was something far in the past and uh, sorry, something far in the future. And I didn't need to worry about that. And now it suddenly creeps up on you, you know. I still feel like I'm in my twenties. Sadly, I'm not, uh, and uh, it, it's things now. I'm I'm really conscious of what I'm putting in myself, and I know obviously we all have our days when we don't do that. But I know that if I have had sort of processed food things, I don't feel so great. Yeah, yeah, and I think becoming aware of that's really important. I mean, I didn't really appreciate until the last few years about what food hangovers were. I didn't really even know they existed. And now like we had a, an Indian takeaway the other day and it's a brilliant restaurant, not far from you actually. Um, but I just thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to give them a go. And I'm sure they put sugar in their sauces because I felt terrible the next day. And I thought, interesting. that's the problem, isn't it? You know, when you can't, when you don't cook yourself, for instance, that meal, you don't know what's in it. And I, I've realized now and now that's actually really important. And that's what I'm going to do is just make sure we cook for ourselves so we can have food that we know is going to be nutritionally uh, a good value for our body. No, that sounds really good. And it sounds like a really good way to start. Thank you very much for that, Dan. Really interesting. And I will be taking some of those tips forward now. And you'll see me looking 10 years younger next time you see me. You don't need to, Alex. You look great as it is. (laughs) That's what I wanted to hear. Perfect. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. Cheers, Alex.